Hello again, friends, and welcome to the Young Anglicans podcast. The Young Anglicans podcast is a place for conversation and discussion about ministry to teenagers through the lens of Anglicanism. It's hosted by me, Andrew Unger, and me, Eric Overholt. We're both real-life Anglican youth pastors who want to see young people find and follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. We're glad you're with us. So today, we're going to talk about fun, which is a fun topic to talk about. And, and actually, Andrew, I'm going to interrupt you before you even get started. That's great. And say, and say that this episode of the Young Anglicans podcast is once again brought to you by the Provincial Youth Gathering 2019. We hope that you are already planning to join us in Dallas for... Uh, the Provincial Youth Gathering, which is, and I forgot to bring it up on my computer, uh, I believe it is the uh, 17th through the 22nd. That's a Monday through a Saturday. Uh, It's going to be an awesome opportunity uh, to explore the three streams of Anglicanism together. And uh, we're going to have some great speakers in the first few days, and then we're going to kind of transition to a missions trip for the days that follow. Uh, Please Uh, Make sure you register by May 1st. The price does go up a little bit by May 1st. You can can register your whole group all together. Go to youngangliclans.com or youngangliclans.org. I should should make sure I know that. Hold on. It is youngangliclans.com. All right. Uh, And and there's a nice big splash page right on their homepage. It's got some really cool pictures of our last gathering back in 2017, which was in Wheaton and Chicago. It was awesome. We're going to have the Archbishop with us. He's going to speak with us. We're going to have Archbishop Ben Kwashi from, I believe he's from Nigeria. Um, uh, Keith Hartzell from the Greenhouse Movement is going to be doing some teaching on healing. And uh, it's just going to be a really, really great week together in Dallas. Uh, you can just come to the conference part, which is on that starts Monday evening and goes on Tuesday, I think through Wednesday morning. Um, but we would hope that you would come to the whole thing. Um, so head on over to youngAnglicans.com. Be sure and join us for the provincial youth gathering in Dallas from June 17th through the 22nd, 2019. Register today. It's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Is that what the kids lit. say? Yeah, I don't know if the kids say it, but we're saying it right here. <laughs> I saw one of my students posting on Twitter today, um, like uh, just a generic question: Why do adults use emojis all the time? Does anybody use emojis unironically anymore? And I suddenly felt old because I felt like, wait, aren't emojis still things that people use? Uh, wait, emojis not... aren't a thing anymore. Apparently, they're only used ironically. Oh, uh, he's a pretty sarcastic kid, so maybe he just does. He yeah, does almost everything I, ironically, so it's kind of hard to read through <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I, I I use emojis, and I, sometimes I use them ironically, but not usually. You know what my favorite is? Is the upside-down smiley, like the upside-down yeah. head thing. I feel like I don't even know how to describe what it is, but sometimes that just perfectly captures <laughs> my mood. And that's the point of an emoji, right? Exactly. You can't express this in words. Right. So I'm going to put this emoji out there that's to right. just give you a sense of what I'm doing. It's worth a thousand words. A, this, every uh, emoji is worth a thousand uh, words. Maybe uh, 750. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Anyway. All right. This is a good transition into fun. So fun. The, the question we're talking about is how, how fun is your youth group? How much is your youth group um, 
do we play games? How do we do that? I feel like Adam asked a question about dodgeball and pizza in the comments on Facebook. Um, he was disappointed that we hadn't talked more about dodgeball and pizza. So shout, shout out. I assume you're talking about Adam Drake. It's a shout out I to sure Adam am. Drake. Adam, we love you. You're awesome. And we look forward to having you on the podcast soon. Yeah, we're going to have you talk all kinds of dodgeball and pizza talk, but we're going to preempt yeah. it now yeah. by talking about <laughs> fun. Um, how much, how do you play games, Eric? Do you, how much time do you have dedicated to games? in any given evening. Okay, so uh, it has been shrinking okay. in the past past month or so. Um, but yeah, I, I, we always play a game at youth group. Um, I used to just think, that, well, that was what youth group was, right? You're like half of youth group right. is playing, playing a fun game. And I, part of, there's, a, there's a big part of me that still doesn't have a problem with that because the vague memories that I have of youth group my own youth group, which was a million years ago, are there was always a game that we yeah. played. So, and and I, the ones I remember the most are like the gross-out games, right? Where yeah. somebody's like touching yeah. a cow tongue in a paper bag or something. And right. I hated those. <laughs> and so I never play those kinds of games in in our current youth group because I just hate them. Yep. But, um, but I'll admit, so I, I should give a little... Andrew and I both came up with this topic to talk about independently of each other, um, which is obviously some sort of synergistic that's, Holy Spirit. That's got to be the Holy Spirit moving. Clearly, God wanted us to talk uh, about this. I wanted to talk about it because, uh, and it stems from my own insecurity, um, it, like it, because I have to do everything exactly right, and what if I'm not doing this right? But I, to, again, like I said, games were always a part of youth group for me, mm -hmm. and so that, that's when I'm going to lead a youth group. I'm just going to we're going to play games. But I recently shout out to Julie Moser and her husband, whom I haven't met. His name is Ken. Yes, Ken Moser. Yep. Um, I, I have started like they have a really great website. Shout out to their website. Go check out their website. It's called EffectiveYouthMinistry.com. Or .org. So effective Youth Ministry. Check out their website. It is awesome. There's a, a trillion free resources on there that are really, really good. I have, I have unceremoniously just completely stolen from them <laughs> um, a, a lot of really, really great ideas that I've used in the past few weeks. One blog post that I believe Ken wrote on there is all about how he has stopped having the traditional sporty, fun game as a part of his youth group. And he thinks it's kind of a waste of time. And that has made me incredibly insecure that I am somehow leading these kids instead of down that straight and narrow path, the, the wide path that leads to destruction yeah. because we play a game at the beginning of youth group. Which is, of course, overstating it. But, you know, what, what I appreciate about what Ken's perspective was, was find a way to make the Bible – and your discussion uh, about whatever topic you're talking about or whatever mm -hmm. Bible verses, like find a way to make that fun, find a way to make sure. community building and all those kinds of things fun. And I appreciated that. And I received that message. But the thing that I still find myself kind of like churning around in my soul is this idea that I shouldn't also be playing dodgeball or freeze tag or yeah. Oh, apples to apples, which is a favorite in our youth group or things like that. Yeah. And so I find myself incredibly insecure about the whole thing at the moment. And so that's kind of where I am about this whole thing. Yes, we play games. I, I hate it when I talk to the parents and they tell me that all their kids talk about are the games. 
And thankfully, yeah. I've started hearing from some of them that the kids have started coming home talking about the actual content of youth right. group, which makes me feel a lot better. That's nice. Um, but, but yes, so the, that, that is an incredibly long answer to what was a very simple yes or no question. No, that's a, that's a good background. We got we to gotta lay all of our insecurities out there for all the yeah, podcast I, listeners. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. There it is. What do you think? Yeah. So um, there was a while, for a long time at, at All Souls, we had Wednesday night programming for all ages. And it was six to seven was um, a sort of community dinner ended with just a time of singing together. Uh, and then we sort of split into, you know, age groups. So adults would go upstairs, youth stayed downstairs. We sort of all found a space. Um, and, but we only had one hour. And so I had one hour to do all my youth stuff. And so for a while I would play games, but you play, by the time you all get kind of settled and play a game, um, you, if you try and make it just 10 minutes, the kids have gotten enough game to get energy but not enough game to get their energy out. And so they go yeah. to Bible study incredibly squirrely. And so at one mm. point, there was one time I, it was like, you know, I remember it was the first week in January. We had just come back from winter break and my Bible study leaders afterwards, we were at Culver's getting ice cream. Um, nice. And so jealous yeah, that you have Very Culver's. good. Um, and they were like, Andrew, please, can we just get rid of the games? Like, can we just cancel them? Um, like they are, because they were the, with the middle schoolers and they were like, this is just, torpedoing our whole discussion right um, and and we did and and the first couple of weeks the kids complained and then they were just fine and then for a long time i kind of bragged about like my youth group's so great my kids don't even <laughs> need games like we're just we're so holy if you just give them the pure stuff um i think I think one of the things about the sort of fun and games is, yeah, it can be a distraction and it can be that sort of, we sneak them in with dodgeball and then we give them Jesus afterwards. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like when you sort of hold a spoonful of like delicious candy for a child and then when they open their mouth, you jam in the medicine sort of <laughs> sneak attack from the side. Uh, I believe that's referred to as a Jesus juke. Um <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that phrase, but it's one of my I, favorites. That might be taking the Lord's name in vain. Is we got to be careful okay, with that. Okay, I'll one. be careful with that. Um, <laughs> I think I did hear it on Good Christian Fun, so yeah, that's a relatively that probably irreverent. probably is taking the Lord's yeah, name probably. in vain. We'll then. be careful with that. Um, but that's that's a, the question, right? Like, are the games are the games just a, a an attractional thing to get people in? Is that that broken attractional model of church and youth ministry? Um, I think games can be good on their own. Like I'm, I'm developing enough of an appreciation of general revelation and the fact that all truth is God's truth. And anywhere you encounter beauty, you're encountering God. I, I think games but and we fun, have the Bible. We don't need that. We have right. the Bible. <laughs> games are valuable because that's a fun thing for teenagers to do. Um, and, and fun and gathering together and building relationships through play um, is good good play is good it is the domain of childhood it's the work of childhood and so yeah. while we're dealing with adolescence um games are fun and fun it can be good um now there's a way that the games in some ways i think making games too sort of spectacular and out there like the sort of upfront gross out games i remember yeah. when i was in maybe ninth grade you know youth group starts volunteers for a game two people volunteer me and this and this one girl and we go up front and the game was basically like 
they hand you a banana and some pantyhose and you have to somehow like mush the banana through the pantyhose into a cup. Um, and so I, I, don't, I think I just didn't get the concept of it because I hate messy games so much. Yeah. So I just chew up the banana and I put in the pantyhose and I just kind of shake it and nothing comes out and I think this game is broken. Like this is yeah. not... <laughs> <laughs> my my competitor, of course, is smashing her face into the pantyhose to push it through. Oh my gosh! Um, and it was just the most disgusting thing in the world. It that I think becomes so much of a spectacle that you don't even have a chance to mm. to talk about. Do I remember anything about the lesson that week? Absolutely not. Um, no, but but uh, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop you right there because that's a perfect that's a perfect question to ask. How many? How many lessons from your years or days, you know, from from your years in youth group? Yeah. How many lessons do you remember that your youth pastor taught? Oh, that I one, and it's because it was about David's mighty men slaughtering hundreds of people, and I was like, I re- "What?" <laughs> and I remember one, and it was about whether or not like popular music has some sort of effect on us. You oh. know. And that's it. So teaser in, in for those, future podcasts. We're going to talk exactly. about that later. In those six years, like I remember one, and, and I, yeah. I actually like a, a few months ago got together with my junior high youth pastor, who's an awesome guy. Shout out to Paul Baker. You're awesome. I love you. We got together and he's talking to me about all these things that we used to do. And I remembered none of them. And I'm <laughs> like, I, I started taking notes because like, this is gold, yeah. man. I got to do these things. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I didn't remember doing any of them. You know, I remembered playing capture the flag. I remembered, you know, playing basketball with my friends. I remembered the getting to be the DJ and choosing the music. And I I remembered all of those things, but I don't remember the content at this. So, uh, and, and like, don't take that to mean that youth group was spiritually meaningless for me because it wasn't that that was not the case at all. Uh, but I just think we need I, – I've been trying to keep that in mind with everything that I do in my youth group that trying to pump their heads full of something is is not the way – that's not really what's going to form these kids. Yeah, and that form is the right word. I think we can falsely think that youth ministry is about information instead of formation, right? Yes. And um, I recently heard Scott McKnight talk about um, pastoral ministry as being – being a pastor is being someone for the people who you're leading to emulate. The idea mm. is you're you're showing them this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And he's thinking largely in Pauline terms that like when you read Paul's letters, a lot of the gist is this is what I am doing. Imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Which is a mm-hmm. terrifying um, yes. thing, except maybe it's not simply look at my perfection, but maybe it's a matter of look at how I be open about your process be open about Mm. um be open about the things you struggle with maybe not totally Mm -hmm. open but i think there's Mm -hmm. value to to saying your spiritual journey is not learn everything you can in high school and then you know everything and then at 18 you become an adult christian i've been telling my students like when i invite you guys in to do the exam and to do these spiritual practices when we're doing bible studies like you're i'm doing them too like i'm also learning in this moment I'm noticing things for the first time as well um, or for the second time and I'd forgotten about them. Um, and and that's, this is what it looks like to be always growing in Christ. You are not 
preparing for adult spirituality, you are doing adult spirituality. Right, right. So the way that, that goes to games for me is adults don't typically get together and, you know, tie balloons to their ankles and try and pop each other's balloons, yeah. except for like some kooky corporate retreat team building exercise. Mm-hmm, right. But adults do get together and play games. Absolutely. Like adults do get together and do things that they enjoy and have fun doing um, without any other agenda other than let's just get together and do things we enjoy doing. Um, right. Well, and, and, and adults will get together. And even if they're going to have a time of, of what we would call content, they're going to have a Bible study. Or something. There's right. going to be half an hour, or 45 minutes or something like that at the beginning where they're just talking, yep. right? Because that's, that's what, that's fun for adults is to like, Hey, let's connect. How was your day? What, you know, what's going on with you right. at work? You know, how are your kids? All, those kind like those, but kids like teenagers, they don't know how to talk like that. Yeah. And they don't like, they just don't. So that to me, so, so I want to paint, I want to paint an image that, that I keep coming back to as my insecurities try start to well up in me and right. I hear Ken Moser's voice in the back of my head <laughs> saying, you know, you're failing because you're playing games. Right. Um, I push that back where there's, there's an image. It's one of those moments in, in a, a youth group meeting that we had where it was one of those situations where like you're in the middle of a situation and you find yourself kind of pulling yourself back from the situation and observing the situation. Yeah. Right. And, and I really felt like it was God doing this for me in this one moment. And we, we were at youth group. And as I said earlier, one of our favorite games in, in our, our youth group is apples to apples. Yeah. Fantastic. And it was actually come to think of it. It was Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. Right. And so our youth group is the time of when our youth group meets is right in the middle of where the Super Bowl would have been. Right. Or it was. So I was like, I just said, okay, let's just own this. Like the kids that are going to come are the kids that don't really care about the game. <laughs> right. Right. But let's go ahead and put the game on and we'll project it on the screen and it'll just kind of be playing in the back. And so the time that would, that would be for games, we'll let the, the Super Bowl be in the background. And then I'll ask the kids, do you want to play a game? Do you want to watch the game? You know, whatever. Right. And all of the kids that came, not surprisingly, were like, no, we don't want to watch the game. Let's play a game. Yeah. And so I had apples to apples. And so th- there's a table here. We could still see the game. We sat down at the table and we started playing this game. And we're just playing, playing apples to apples just the way you normally play apples mm-hmm. to apples. And it was kind of in that moment that I kind of stepped outside of myself and was observing this situation. And here was this group of kids that probably would not hang out together at school. You had the drama kids and you had the music kids and you had the, the bookworm kids and you had the popular kids. And here they all were around this one table, getting to know each other, being like learning what it means to relate to each other. Yeah. Uh, and it was this, uh, it was just this snapshot. I really felt God gifted me with, of. Do you see what's happening here? Like this, there is formation going on in this moment because every single one of these kids has a place around this table. Even the quiet one who never says anything and always looks super insecure. Even this other kid who's, you know, three years older than everybody else and big and awkward. He's got a place at this table and we're all sharing in this together. And I just... There was just that snapshot that was that was I took in that moment of oh I see what's happening here 
And it's not, this is, there's goodness here. There yeah. is a lot of goodness here. And this is part of why these kids love this space and this time is there's a place for them here and this is one way we explore that and embrace that is by playing these games and you and, know and, oh, go so, on, go and on. that's one of the things that has concerned me is a lot of the girls are kind of over some of the more energetic games that yeah. we want to play like going outside to play dodgeball or to play you know i don't know one of the games we play outside right um like the girls are over it and so they'll just go over and sit on the side and so that's got me concerned Okay, how do we maintain the same sense of community building and community formation in the midst of these games when half the people that are coming don't want to play? I think it's even like there's that that anecdote about a person who like a dad when they wanted to meet the person who wanted to marry their daughter they would sit them down and play chess with them or play go with them, uh, you know, to to understand then you learn about the character of a person by how they play that game. Mm -hmm. Um or you think about when people talk big about um, sports, about why you should want to play sports in in high school. Mm -hmm. um, they talk about character. They talk about the things that develop. We need to have a better theology of play. And I think as Anglicans, to try and tie it into our identity here, um, I think as Anglicans, we recognize how the things we do form us. Mm -hmm. We, You know, it's not simply ideas going from one place to another we recognize the value of forms we recognize the value of process and play is one of those places where character is developed like mm. i joke every time we ever play dodgeball i always start by saying by getting real heavy-handed um i'm not typically heavy-handed but i i say look everybody before we start one day you're going to sit in front of the judgment throne and you're going to have to answer for the things you did. And you're going to feel really stupid if you have to tell Jesus why you lied at dodgeball. If you get oh. hit, just own it. Um, <laughs> and it's sort oh, of that's facetious. So perfect. They... I have, there's one student in my youth group that so needs that message. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm totally stealing that and using it next time we play dodgeball. Well, and... Actually, any game. This guy cheats at every single yeah. <laughs> game. He is so competitive and so desperate to win. Even the stupid youth group games that we play. I'm so excited to use that little message. Well, and that's... and. and playing games and even trying to push that like it doesn't really matter who wins you know sometimes when my kids get really competitive at like sword drills we used to do sword drills all the time um you sort of say like look next week no one's gonna care like remember mm -hmm. that an hour from now you won't care who won um there is something there's a lot of character that develops in getting hit with the dodgeball and no one saw it and you go yeah i think i was hit and and you mm -hmm. leave right like that's being able to take that competitive side and say, no, being honest is more important. There is a whole lesson learned in the character that is developed in owning being hit in dodgeball that you could not communicate. You could teach someone about it, but they wouldn't learn about developing that virtue without actually having to practice it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I read once a review about a... Um, a computer game called Sports Friends. It's actually a collection of several smaller games, um, and it's 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 a you know a, a fun little sportsy collection of games meant to be played locally, right? Like there's no online play. Um, and the person describing it, they said they invited their neighbor over to play, and they're playing these games. And he said there are these four games, but when I'm playing, I'm playing a fifth game called How to Not Be a Jerk. Like <laughs> when you play when you play games online. You're, you're not interacting with a real person. But when you play yeah. sitting next to someone, I mean, I remember that there's the awkwardness when you're crushing your friend 
mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to win graciously. You have to learn how to not be a jerk to your friend while you're while you're crushing them. Or mm-hmm. depending on the friend, you know how much you can kind of taunt, how much you can't. There is virtue building there. There's a way in which you love other people in the way you play. And I think that's actually why I think I don't like games where like I need two volunteers and we're just going to watch them play. That's fun and maybe engaging and sort of gets people interested. But then only two people have to do the work of play, have to do the work of of competing and playing and enjoying each other's company while, you know, trying to, to win, stuff like that. There is right. a lot of value that happens there that we can teach. And there's a lot of Christ-likeness that can happen when you when you play and compete um, mm-hmm. that I think can be really good. Apples to Apples is a game where not only are you trying to win, but you learn so much about yes. other people through yeah. Apples to Apples. You learn so yeah. much about people when you find what they pick. And you sort of end up, if you play Apples to Apples over and over again, or really any, I think tabletop games, there's a... There's a lot to be said about doing board games in youth group because mm-hmm. as you play those games with the same people over and over again, you start mm. to um, you start to learn about them and you learn to play yeah. with or against them. Um, we got this game. It's called, I always mix it up, Two, two Rooms and a Boom. And it's, okay. uh, it's a, there are just a bunch of, bunch of cards. Basically, you're split into two teams, a red team and a blue team. On the red team, there's a bomber. On the blue team, there's a president. Those people are mixed in between two rooms. No one knows what anybody else is. And there's three rounds. Each of the rounds, you're just sitting there figuring out who's the leader of your room. And then the two rooms do a little hostage switch. Um, But at the end of the game, if the bomber and the president are in the same room, red team wins. If they're in two different rooms, blue team wins. So you're constantly trying to navigate that stuff. There's one kid in my youth group. He sort of likes being an agent of chaos. And so when we play with him... He just says, like, I'm the bomber. Just will say it, but he won't tell it, show anybody his card. And then you just have to sit there and, like, account for him. Like, you just know, yeah. okay, he's saying So he may that. or may not be the bomber, but he right. claims to be the bomber every time. And the second time we played the game, he was, in fact, the bomber. Oh, and that's so you're hilarious. like, okay, but, but maybe he's telling us the truth this time. Mm-hmm. We have to keep this into account. We have, to, we have to try and play against him. But there is a fun part of his character that, that we are learning about him in that process. Um, yeah, that's why. I no, think- that's exact. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. Part of the reason why apples to apples is such an important, is such a favorite in our youth group is because yeah. it's always the first game we play on the first week of youth alpha. Okay, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do something where kids have to run around and 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 maybe be. It might bring up some insecurities for kids that are sure, new, sure. Um, but it's a place where we're going to sit around a table together and we're going to learn so much about each other by the cards that we put in, yep. by the cards that we choose when we judge. And now we're sitting around a table, just like sitting around a table eating. We're also now sitting around a table interacting over these cards. And it yep. is if you run a youth alpha course, play apples to apples <laughs> as the game on the first week every time you do it. Because it's it, it's it's actually the perfect game to play, yeah. um, to, to 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 begin to build a group identity. If you want some variety, there's a game called Super Fight, which has a Super sort of fight. apples to apples feel. Super okay. Fight basically everybody gets. Uh, I got to take notes here. I'm telling you, everybody should go get this game. Um, everybody gets a, a like character, like Rambo, a ninja, um, you know. 
Superman, um, a, a preschool class. Like there, there's all these different characters and then you sort of, then there's another deck of cards that sort of attributes like wielding a trident or there's actually 50 of them or, you know, can shoot lasers from their eyes or everything they touch turns into water. Um, and so, and there's different variations on the game, but basically you either play two people sort of head to head and the crowd votes who would win that fight, or you play where one person is like the supervillain and everybody else around the table plays their cards and then plays cards on other people's sort of characters. And then the supervillain decides who would fare best in a fight against them. Um, mm. But it sort of has that apples to apples feel where there's random cards and you're and they're really funny and there's lots of fun stuff going on. It is another great game that has that kind of feel. I love it. Super Fight is Super Fight. I love it. What was the name of the box. other What was the other name of the uh the other game you mentioned? Something about President and a Bomber oh, and Um Two Rooms and a Boom. Two Rooms and that's a board game? Yeah, I mean, you're basically buying just a big deck of cards. Um okay. you can it's one of those great games where like there's a free print and play version online. Like you just got a PDF oh, nice. and you can just print out the cards and try it out that way. Um, that's what we did at first. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and, and these games provide a lot of fun and interaction. Um, active games can do that too. You learn some about how to play well with other people in active yeah. games, but right. I'm really, I'm games are growing on me and creative games are growing on me um, because what they allow you to do is build those interaction, knit people together um, in a way that's positive in a way that you don't have to try and like throw a token Bible verse in the middle and say, because we're talking about, you know, David and Goliath, we're not playing dodgeball we're playing dodge sling or, you know, (laughs) make some extra, you know, there's a way where you sort of make a fake connection. That's a little stupid. That's a little stupid. I did come up with it on the moment. So in my defense, (laughs) I I will. And and again, uh, maybe this, uh, maybe, yeah. Anyway, we were talking about Enneagram before we got, before we started recording. And so I've got Enneagram on the brain. So I'll, I'll, I'll withhold my Enneagram comment, but to be fair to Ken Moser, mm-hmm. uh, again on his website, Effective Youth Ministry, which is awesome, and you should check it out. Right, uh, him, his, and Julie's website. Um, he actually has some suggestions for some games and for some ways to make the play, uh, to make the lesson time fun. That are actually really, really good, and yeah. it's and it's a way of doing things that are not stupid. Uh, you know, at, bless you. You were just coming up with yeah, an example it was intentionally on the fly. Stupid. It was on purpose. Yes, fine. yes. <laughs> uh, but there's actually I ca- they came up with some ways that, like, you can in- incorporate a game into what you're doing that such that you know making memory verses actually not a total drag. Right. Um, which actually is kind of cool. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And it actually gave me the idea. I actually played a game that I made up. Um, we've been doing a series on the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, trying to do it all in Lent and then I got sick and it blew the whole schedule out of the <laughs> water. But, um, but on the week where we were talking about Sabbath, I created a game called Sabbathy or not Sabbathy. And it was just a list of here's an activity like, you know, heading to the mall and shop until you drop. Yeah. You know, is that a Sabbath activity or not a Sabbath activity? And it gave us a place to explore, first of all, how 
a Sabbath activities, while there's some generalities that are true, it's also there's there's a little bit of, you know, God made us all a little bit differently and the things that give us life, you know, are different. I, I did try to push back against the idea of consumerism and going sure. to the mall being Sabbath activity. Um, but also embracing the fact that this is a social activity and, you know, these are teenagers that might not want to go and sit down and have coffee with a friend, but they might want to go walk around the mall together. Yeah. But but it was it was things like that. Yeah. It was, you know, taking a walk. It was going to worship with your family. It was examples like that. And let's talk about, is this a Sabbath activity or not? And that was a great way to take a message about these rhythms of life and the, and getting kids to examine w- what what are the kinds of things that I do that really give me life, that re-energize me, that really are restful, yeah. as opposed to things that are just that are fun and recreational, and got them really thinking about that. So yeah. that was that was actually um, and and that concept, the idea of coming up with a game like that. That's not one of Ken's game. That's my game, and it's you know trademark, and you have to pay me money to right. use it. <laughs> but. Um, but it was it was the kind of thinking that Ken and Julie on their on their blog and, and in their website really kind of spurred in, yeah. in my thinking. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I think there there is a sense where we can turn that you can take this idea of like fun is good and play is good and turn it into like if we don't have something fun, the kids won't come. Right. And hopefully the thing that attracts students to your youth ministry is not or to your church or, or to any of that isn't well, we have lots of fun. Hopefully they do have fun. But I would hope that part of it is um, the formation that happens and that when they're mm-hmm. there, there are adults who care for them and a community that cares for them and, and that they sense God's presence when things are discussed and they feel spurred to follow Jesus more. I mean, that's that's the goal. Um, right. And games can easily become a distraction from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been... I mean, I was in youth ministry at a time where like that's where the, the games were the point and the mm-hmm. lesson was like an unfortunate afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one summer when I was in college, um, the youth ministry of my home church shut down and uh, they just didn't do anything over summer. And so I volunteered to run a youth ministry event once a week. Um, I'm this 19-year-old kid running this. Um, Good for you. It was very dangerous all the time. I mean, just... For any number of reasons. And the games were kind of the point. And we'd yeah. love to have fun games. And man, I just did lots of unsafe things with teenagers, including um, one was a game where you'd run across the gym following an, a tape X on the floor with a garbage can over your head. But there's someone <laughs> but there's someone running from every corner. So you have to run past <laughs> someone else running at full speed. with. It. And so some of the kids were slow. Some of the kids gonna... just booked it. And they kind of crashed into, into each other. All the while, um, the leaders are just throwing dodgeballs at you guys. Like, I'm just <laughs> pelting the kids with dodgeballs. And they're easy to hit because they're a big walking garbage can. Yeah, exactly. Um, that wasn't safe. We played strobe light dodgeball where all the lights were off and there was just a strobe light flashing. <laughs> um, that was also really dangerous. Um, I don't that remember what so I taught fun, that though. summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure none of the but students... But you had fun. I, I did have fun. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that did any good for anybody, but I think I, I think games can be used in a way where people are brought together positively and do this formational stuff. Um, but I think Ken's point is is well needs to be considered. Yeah, are, are you yeah. just doing fun to have fun and then hoping that kids stick around for your boring lesson, 
hopefully right. we're spending more time developing lessons that are engaging yeah. than thinking of the best fun game. Yeah. Okay, so before we run out of time on this topic, uh, let's just take a moment to throw out a couple more games that are kind of go-to games for you. Right, um, me... I'll, I'll share, since I've thought of this question, I'll answer my own question first. Um, Charades is a game that we play with relative... Uh, again, these are all games that kind of became part of our youth group culture because of Youth Alpha. Charades is a game that we always play on the second week of Youth Alpha because now you sort of know everybody and you're ready to like be a little bit more vulnerable and maybe get up and risk looking a little bit stupid. Um, actually, I we may play Pictionary as the second. Th that was the other game I was going to mention, playing okay. Pictionary. And again, so this is your... It's a, it's a chance to... You're, it, to let your guard down a little bit more, um, to to see that if you do something stupid or if you draw a really dumb picture of a smokestack on, on a house or something, right. like people are going to laugh at you, but they still like you and they're yeah. still glad that you're there. And so it's this sense of it's it kind of disarming people a little bit. So those are, those are two that I would suggest: charades and pictionary, both really good games that we play with relative regularity in our youth group. Um. So ones that I've liked that I've done this year. Um, this one's just fun. It doesn't have any real deepening stuff. Uh, it's called Human Battleship. You set up a barrier down the middle of the room and everybody's lying on the ground and you just toss a ball back and forth and if it hits you, you're out. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of enjoyable fun. But the ones that I think... I'll, I'll tell my games in sort of increasing value for community building. Uh, there's another one called Underground Church which is, it's relatively elaborate, but the gist is um, you are the, the church in, in Rome and you've got to try and have an underground gathering and um, you have to get 10 people in a room or whatever the, the right number is. You sort of adjust it based on how many people you have in a room together, count to 10 and they yell underground church. But while that's all happening, they're not allowed to talk and there are like two people or three people who are Roman guards. And anytime they encounter a group of people, they tell you to disperse and then you have to split up. So you're trying to, in secret and in quiet, gather as an underground church. Oh, um, that's cool. And I snuck in some sacramentalism where I added a variation where you um, name a few people as priests. And so your <laughs> gathering has to include a priest. Nice. Because um, you're not just going to gather to pray. You're going to gather to have Eucharist. So now you have to have a priest there. Um so that that was just a fun little addition, um, but you do that does have some of that play. People gathering together, it's kind of it's fun. The kids like it. The one that I was introduced this year, and you just play it. You play it throughout your whole throughout like your whole church, church, yeah. church building, and yeah, okay. We, and you're you're like gathering, and kids are gathering in closets, or they're gathering yeah. wherever. We, we make the bathrooms are officially not bathrooms when we play, yeah. and so those are open as well. Oh um, wow! Okay. That we we every time we play we do a quick tour of the church of where you can't go, um, okay. Like, no, don't touch the organ. No, don't yeah. go in the sacristy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The last one is a game. Uh, they when I was introduced to it, it was called Empire, and the gist is everybody you have a question like your favorite book or pick an animal or something like that, and everyone writes down their answer, puts it on a piece of paper. Um, your, your leader reads out all of the options. So takes all the little slips of paper, reads out, these are all the answers that people gave. And then when um, whoever's, you know, you start with somebody by whatever method you want to pick. 
they say, I think, you know, Joey is Harry Potter. And if Joey's Harry Potter, Joey joins your little empire and you guys keep on trying to pick more people and add them. But if you're okay. wrong, then it's Joey's turn to pick someone. And then okay. you start to have like little like bunches of empires. And then the way you, if, if like I've collected eight people and you correctly guess my favorite book, favorite, you know, whatever, um, my entire empire joins you. And so you eventually go until it's one of those games that there's no clear, like at the end, the winner is everybody Everybody? gathers together. Yeah. It's like red Rover, right? Like at some point everybody's on the same side. It's like the end, but it's still fun. And there's still a little bit of like personality finding out. Um, no, I love that. It, it reminds, this is just one more thing. It's not a game, but, um, one time for youth group, I had everybody, um, list out um five things that influence them um, books songs movies video games um in a book by david dark called um life's too short to pretend you're not religious he talks about his attention collection and it's the the stories and the things that have shaped you um and so i said what's your attention collection five books movies songs artists just pieces of of culture that have shaped and formed who you are that have been influential for you and took them like half an hour. And we just went around the circle and shared them. Um, that was amazing. Like I learned all yeah. kinds of things about oh my gosh, the, yeah. the games that, I mean the video games that some of the guys had played when they were young that were big for them. Yeah. Um, how, how many kids, how many kids did you have in your group doing that? Probably like 10. And it took, okay. I mean for them to sit there, write them all down and share. It was like an yeah. hour worth of time because it just yeah, takes I would take, a while. That would take forever. Yeah. So that, that sounds to me like a summertime activity when, yeah. when maybe we're not going to have as much to do. We're not going to have some kind of hardcore lesson. Maybe we're just going to do evening prayer together and read some scripture and discuss yeah. it. Um, but, but I love that idea. Well, that actually transitions well into our next topic. So tune in next time because we're going to talk about um, Christian music, right? Whether or not, whether yeah, or not the kids in your group listen to Christian music and its value. Um. So tune in next week, next time. Keep an eye on when our, whenever our podcasts come. We have no regular schedule. It's yeah, the least Anglican have... thing about us. We have no regularity. No. Fr- yeah, absolutely. Um, do we have um? Do we have a a, a prayer to end yeah, this episode? I'll, I'm gonna read the, the collect for um. For uh, the second week of Easter from Common Worship, which is. Okay. Uh, coming up soon is in proximity to whenever this thing will hit the internet. So (laughs) (laughs) let me, let me close in prayer here. Almighty father, you have given your only son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth through the merits of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace, friends.